Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Life, love, and liberty. Compassionate. Yes, I am compassionate. And the church needs to rise. That is the last thing that you hear in my introduction. Compassionate. And the church needs to rise. For some reason, those two things cause an enormous amount of spiritual dissonance. I'm not really sure why, other than the fact that we have a very real enemy who likes to use our love against us and prefers to keep us in a state of codependence with one another. What am I talking about? Well, we have thousands, tens of thousands of migrants who have been flown into this country. It has been widely reported that these migrants have not been vetted properly by the Department of Homeland Security. There have been documents circulating online as well. There are whistleblowers within DHS who have brought the truth forward that these folks, not only on our southern border, that is an entirely different story, but but still plays into the conversation I want to have today. This Church, Christian, American, um, colonialism, whatever you want to call it, pearl-clutching, whitewashed, you know, faux-sanctimony, I'm sorry, faux-sanctification and faux-piety in the name of Jesus that we tend to chase our tails with within the church body, collectively as a corporate entity that is actually called into a space of governance here on earth. And our compassion and Christ's nature is used against us because most people do not take time to study the nature of Christ. There's an enormous amount of folklore within the church as it pertains to the nature of Christ, the nature of the kingdom of God, which ultimately has not only walls in the future in the kingdom of God, but but God sent several folks to rebuild things within the kingdom, not the least of which is to rebuild the temple city, to build to rebuild the temple of Jerusalem, and those walls were down. And whenever they gazed upon the walls and realized just how much destruction had taken place within the city, it was grievous. And there were there was a call to action on behalf of the prophet who was called forward with that task. And some of you think that that ended with Jesus, that somehow Jesus without borders 
is is the way to go in the kingdom of God. I I'm not really sure where that um where that came from. I, I I'm not other than the enemy's kingdom who loves to use our uh, love against us and God's love against us as well. Now, in many church circles, you've had folks referring to President Trump as Cyrus, as King Cyrus, as a do-over, Cyrus 2.0. And many church leaders have pointed to that because of, you know, just dispensation, historical similarities, um, and that in pointing to the fact that God can really use anyone and anything, including but not limited to a donkey to speak to a prophet who keeps kicking the hell out of him on his way to, on his way to uh, give a prophecy. And finally the donkey's like, okay, Hey, why do you keep beating me in the, what is going, stop, right? What are you doing? And Balaam's donkey. Remember that? Remember that story? Yeah. And so. So whenever we're so whenever so whenever we're up against this, well, would God really use someone who used the p word in the pre, in the Oval Office of the United States of America? Yeah, probably, because as far as as far as I'm aware, um, the, the office has been occupied by men since its inception. And do we really think it's improbable that every other man who sat in that office has not uttered the p word? whether in bed with his own wife or his mistress or mistresses or in conversation with the, with the boys, whatever. But that was just one of those very convenient, low-hanging pieces of fruit of, of, of the sanctimony that the church loves to sink their teeth into. And, and you could call church and the establishment of the Republican Party synonymous because they are. They are positively congruent. In their sanctimony, they practice the same witchcraft as the left. They, they practice a level of avarice unparalleled. And if you have not noticed that by now with every single thing that we have been afforded the opportunity to see with eyes wide open politically, then you deserve for this nation to be overrun by our enemies. And that is rapidly becoming a very distinct possibility between what is being set up in Afghanistan right now in the way of China, other not so friendly nations to the cause of America. It appears as though they are coalescing, which is not the first time that this has happened um, in the history of histories, but it should not surprise us at all that we've been weakened by what I refer to as our codependence on lies, sanctimony, a false sense of piety and religiosity, and it is a spirit of religion that's driving this. We think that we are positively the purest form of existence in the entire world as Americans, and that has not ruled in our favor. I've never been a big fan of American pride only because I'm keenly aware of what comes with pride and it is never good. We'd be much better off 
and I'm a wordsmith, so you got to cut me some slack here, uh, because words actually do matter. I talked about that yesterday in my prayer time. If you missed that podcast, I highly encourage you to go back and listen, particularly if you're a veteran or know of a veteran who has struggled with the things that have occurred in war, who are struggling right now to just hang on because you cannot believe what your eyes are beholding in the way of how our our government has completely abandoned all prudence, all lawfulness, all sense of decency and patriotism and honor and valor gone, flushed, completely down the toilet. That's where your federal government is right now. It is a rogue regime birthed in the belly of hell. And many of you are struggling, so check out that podcast from yesterday. Uh, it is intense, I will tell you. It is a prayer time. If you are not prepared for that or you are suicidal, again, and I have heard from several of you from yesterday, thank you very much. I'm glad that it moved you. Um, I have heard from several of you who are on the cusp of just wanting to check out. And if I, I cannot stress enough that you know that you're not alone, first of all, because many people feel that way. And I'm going to tell you something. There is a very real spiritual assignment to take people out. It is a spirit of murder. It is a spirit of death, hell, and destruction. It is very real. Some of you do have chemical imbalances that do need to be tended to. I am not a mental health professional. I cannot stress that enough. But I am a spiritual health professional because I've been called by God to do that. That is my lane. And so as spiritual health goes, you have some very real entities working against your spiritual, mental, physical health and your well-being and those of your generations and of this nation. There's no way around it. As a Christian, I would be held accountable for not telling you that. As a minister of the gospel, I would be held accountable for not telling you that truth, that there are assignments against your life, against our lives as, as a nation, against our sovereignty. Okay, back to Cyrus. So many in the church looked at President Trump, at leadership rather in the church, looked at President Trump as the possibility of a King Cyrus. Okay, and what's interesting about that is that under King Cyrus, the temple was built or rather rebuilt the temple of Solomon. That was his mandate. And he was to take the Lord's people out of captivity back into Judah, which is the house of praise. And so in case you haven't noticed, the country was praising for the last four years because of jobs, because of the economy, because of international standing, because of our military prowess, because of uh, many things, peace, peace accords, justice, lawfulness, our border being reestablished. A lot of things were rebuilt in this country. And I do consider this land to be an archetype of Israel, of Jerusalem. Now, for some of you, that is naive of me to say, and you understand all the wars that we've involved ourselves in and the things that we've started, and I can't argue with that. I really can't, but I also know that our country 
has been to date, and actually probably beginning with the Obama administration, skip over the Trump administration and move right into this debacle of a regime. This is Obama 3.0. Minus President Trump's tenure, you know, for the entire eight years of of that just complete shit show, excuse my language, of the Obama regime, now we've got Biden. Uh, What you see is lawlessness. There's no sense of solidarity to the United States of America. Prior to that, though, we we have been a a justice seeking country. We do have due process. Do you know how many nations across the globe do not have due process? Do not have rules of evidence. You are not considered and deemed innocent until proven guilty in about ninety nine percent of the world. You understand that no one else holds the constitution that we do. So yeah. If there's something to be proud of or rather thankful for, to be grateful for, it would be the legal system that we have set up in this country, including our three branches of government, which apparently now expanded into more like six. And I don't say that hyperbolically because you can see who's running roughshod. You can see who's running things right now. It is completely out of order. The walls of this nation are down. And it appears as though we are about to be conquered. Now, appearances can be deceiving. And I have been saying for for quite a few months now that it was going to it was going to take God a biblical response in order to right the rudder of this biblical crap show we have going on right now in this country. But I got to tell you something. Most of you would have never believed the level and the breadth of wickedness that we have seen surface and emerge as we do, as we have in the past nine months of our lives. I mean, you could take it all the way back to the, um, to the election for that matter, because most people with a critically thinking brain could look at what occurred at 3 a.m. in the in the morning on November the 4th and know what occurred. You don't have to have a commission. You don't have to storm the Capitol. You don't have to have, you know, canvassing. You don't have to, you know, whip out the Kraken. You know, I mean, none of that. You don't, you don't even have to investigate. You could have looked at what happened at 3 a.m. when people stopped counting votes at the exact same time and 2 plus 2 really did equal 4. I mean, that was your first point of entry of what the hell just happened. So, and since then, it has just been one canvassing after another, one demand for an audit after another, and people are legit on the front lines of this who are relentless, who have been threatened by this regime, this rogue Department of Justice that's been completely weaponized against law-abiding citizens who are following their constitutional mandates. Back to Cyrus. Cyrus was positioned favorably to bring God's people out of captivity and give them a place. And he did that. He allowed for for the temple to be rebuilt. Okay, now now switch over to uh, good old Nehemiah. Okay, Nehemiah, another prophet who was 
position to rebuild the temple. And whenever he saw it, whenever he saw the temple, and mind you, he was a governor under a under another pagan ruler. He was a governor, right? But he but he was a humble man, and he asked if he could go and see the land and rebuild because he knew that the temple had been destroyed. And he was granted that permission to go do so. And so whenever you look at where we are as a nation and how we get ourselves into trouble as Christians who are just so loving and so welcoming and come one, come all, and come with all of your ideology, no matter how many whips it comes with and how many hangings it comes with and no matter how many beheadings and stoning and, you know, complete diabolical satanic madness. There are your United States government right now, including the fifth branch of of the government, which is the mainstream media, wants you to believe that there's a way to negotiate with terrorists. Now, my Bible tells me not to negotiate with evil, period. That doesn't mean I'm always successful at not compromising and not negotiating with the devil and the, you know, handsome devils that run through my life. Uh, Yeah, All of us are, you know, guilty of not living up to par, not living up to God's glory as prescribed according to the word of God. All, every single one of us, there's something that we have, something, it it could be minuscule, but, but whose scale are we weighing our sins upon? That's, that's my question to the church. Well, I can tell you who the establishment church is weighing Donald Trump's, uh, uh, which scales they're using for his sins. In the meantime, they love trying to make you think that, uh, that, that they're actually on your team. Every time they tweet about how awful Biden is, about how shocking it is that this admitted, I mean, every time I see an accusation, I swear to you, I just want to jump through my phone and scream at the top of my lungs in someone's face and go, you freaking made this happen. Shut up. You did this. When you certified a fraudulent election, you did this. So no, you don't get to come in and save the day. No, we should not vote you in for your 20th term. No, we should not be tolerating your evil and wickedness and compliance and complicit nature. No, as a body of believers, the answer is no. We don't negotiate with devils. We don't submit to the will of Satan in this country. We submit to God and we resist the devil and he flees from us. That is the prescription for Christians. Now, I ask you, what exactly has the church been resisting? And what have we been submitting to? And to whom? Have we been submitting? To whom are we lying prostrate right now in this country? To whom? A rogue DOJ? A Department of Homeland Security that has people like me and others in their crosshairs because we're conservatives and we speak the truth and we love the Constitution and we love God? 
what is that? We're extremists now because we question the integrity of an election that every every person who has ears and eyes can look at and go, hmm, yeah, I can see some indis- some indiscrepancies there. Somehow that makes you a some kind of a freak of political nature that you're a right-wing extremist. Are you kidding me right now? Is that who the church is submitting to? Come on. We have got to rebuild this temple. And this country was meant to be a temple of liberty and justice for all under God. And you are either part of the rebuilding or you are a part of the problem in keeping it down. And either you're a globalist or you're a patriot. You are either a follower of Christ or you're a follower of Satan. What do I mean by that? Because some of you are like, well, hold on, wait a minute. That's not very nice and not everybody's a Christian. What I mean by that is this. You are either a follower of liberty and subscriber to and curator of. You're a protector of everyone's liberty, whether they're Christian or not. You're going to defend and you are avowed to the Constitution of the United States, which is synonymous with liberty, or you work for the enemy's kingdom, which is nothing but oppression and submission to lies, to theft, to open borders, to the raping and pillaging of our, of our, quote, villages, our counties, our cities, our states, our children, other people's children, importing bodies of children. No one even knows where they go. They just vanish across the border, drugged. I've seen videos of children that uh, professionals have, have put up online that make me sick to my stomach of these babies who look like they've been given date rape drugs. It's unbelievable. It is inconscionable. And where are they? Where are they? We're busy doling out dollars to NGOs. Where are they? Those are other reports that are out there. DHS has no idea where these kids are. And where are the jackasses bringing them in? Oh, they have a court date. Oh, fantastic. I don't know if you recall President Trump parroting at least for at least three and a half out of his four years that people don't show up for their court dates. Wow, that's shocking. That's shocking. You get a slap on the wrist, you get a court date, and then you're told to show up at this day and time. In the meanwhile, in in the meantime, ICE is, you know, basically handcuffed, hogtied rather, because they're not allowed to do their jobs. I mean, talk about an agency that, as far as I'm concerned, that's where all of our money should be going right now when it comes to uh, border security. But no, no, they have been, they have, they have duct tape over their mouths. They have been hogtied by this federal regime. And if I hear one more time that we need to be loving and this and welcoming and Jesus was welcoming, and I'm talking to you church people out there, You are taking the nation down in your abject ignorance. Now, I don't know what your incentive is. I really don't. I don't know how many of you are plants from federal agencies that like to infiltrate churches and get to God's people. 
I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know who would be the plant. I guess we just need to look at your fruit and your flock. And if they're deaf, dumb, stupid, and dehydrated and starving, then we'll know that that's who you are. If you're the one making your congregation feel guilty about not having wide open borders, then you might be that guy. Or maybe you're just a plant from the enemy's kingdom, which are basically synonymous. Either way, church, you can exercise compassion and still submit to God and order in decency, law and order. You can do that. And yes, there are families in this country, and here's the really crap part of this whole thing, is that there are interpreters and families who were who were saved out of that region and, and people who have been our allies and helped us who are in this country, who are going to need you to love them and to be there for them and to help them um, assimilate. There's another, that's like a big four-letter word, assimilation. Well, you just let people do what they, what they want to do. Oh, sure, that makes sense. Just import every single culture other than, uh, and listen, I don't care if you're a conservative. How about that? You see what that's done for us. So this is not a partisan speech. This is not a partisan soapbox. Everyone gets thrown under the bus on this one. But this is my Christian soapbox, if you will. This is my kingdom soapbox. That those of you who are parroting that our borders should be wide open in our arms because that's just how Jesus was, and Jesus was a refugee. Jesus wasn't trafficking children. Jesus wasn't covering up sin. Jesus wasn't rolling up his robe and walling around in the pig slop with sinners. He sat down at a table. He had a meal. He broke bread, poured some fruit of the vine, took up donations apparently because we had Judas in the mix. Didn't need it, but he did. Multiplied things for people. Divided truth from lies, subtracted disease from people's lives and false thinking, false feeling, false believing, genetic disorders, turntables over of wicked people who are heaving just bricks and, and just, I mean, lies and greed and avarice, all this mess that the Pharisees were heaping upon God's people. 660,000 different laws you know, put on Ten Commandments. You can't do this. You can't do this at this hour. And you can't. And listen, I'm not here to slight my Jewish friends. But Jesus said it first. And I'm just agreeing with it. Go read it for yourself. It might behoove you, some of my Jewish brothers and sisters, to go and read the New Testament. See what he had to say. It might change your mind about whether or not he's, he's the Messiah. Because you can look at people in this day and age and see where they have been toppled and oppressed by their own government. And governance is a godly construct. That is biblical. I know for my libertarian friends are like, damn that, whatever, don't tread on me, stay out of my business. And I get it. I really do. I really do. Give Caesar unto Caesar, you know, what's Caesar's? I mean, he already knew 
that usury and you know that taxation was gonna was gonna be a thing. He already knew that it was happening then. I'm going to tell you something, go back. You Christians, go back into the Old Testament. Read how unhappy God was about brothers and sisters charging interest on each other. That was not a thing to subscribe to. And every seven years, your debts are wiped out. We're in the middle, we're at the beginning actually of high holidays right now for Jews. And it's like, how many of you actually know what all of that means? How many of you know that our government is completely, you know, when people are like, well, we're done to separation of church and state. I'm like, okay, well, have you gone back to see where most of our laws are predicated upon Judaism? Seven years, your debts get wiped out. But we don't do that in this country. Mm-mm. Have you bothered to check your credit report if you've ever filed for bankruptcy? Oh, sure. It's, you know, your debt's wiped out on some level, depending upon which level of bankruptcy you filed for. Uh, But is it still on your credit report? Mm -hmm. And you know what that means? It's held against you. Rolled over and looked at your spouse lately? The one that you secretly hold contempt for every time they walk into the room or they go to bed at night? That's holding someone's debts against them. Some of your marriages are bankrupt because you can't let go of the debts that... Your spouses owe you, or your parents, or your children, or your former boss, or your screwed up pastor, or who blah, 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 friends, neighbors, people who have rejected you and abandoned you and you just can't let go. So your soul is bankrupt because you cannot let go of a debt someone else owes you. In the meantime, we look to God and say, hey, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us this day. I mean, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Yeah, we live in a debtor's nation. And it doesn't have to be that way. And you can practice so sober Christianity without being an extremist. Without damning people to hell, beating the crap out of people with your Bible that you don't even know, clearly. Reading it with the wrong spirit. It is possible to say amen to God and hell no to Satan. It is absolutely possible to do that. But you can't do it if you don't. No, the word. You can't. You will be manipulated. Why do you think there's so many different versions? Because if you can manipulate words, you can manipulate anything. Words matter. Words matter. And we're stepping into a very scary technological age where your intent is going to be decided upon uh, by an AI program. Men are fashioning that right now as we speak, and they have been for years. So if we think that our Twitter feed is something that can come back to bite us, uh, just wait until you see you know, how your thoughts are monitored by your own devices 
your intentions, the intentions of your heart. There's no mercy in that. There's no rebuilding in that. There's no grace in that. There's no God in that. There's not. I can say that with absolute certainty because God's mercies are new every day. And I see how we are being completely mangled and manipulated by this lawless Department of Justice. And so do you. People on the right and the left see exactly what's going on and they're mortified. They're absolutely mortified. And you should be. And how do we get here? Because we submit to lies. And we resist God. It is the exact opposite of what we're called to do. So what does that look like? Well, in your communities. I'm very, very proud of many of you who keep showing up at your boards of education. That's awesome. Your secretaries of state, you AGs who are on top of it, who are making sure that election integrity is dealt with in your respective states. You've got other issues that you're contending with right now in the name of the sovereignty of this nation and your particular uh, respective state, as well as the rule of law, mandates, not being laws, protecting your citizens and their sovereignty, their agency, their physical agency of whether or not they're vaccinated or they wear masks. I commend you for that. Those are godly efforts. Curating people's liberties is a godly effort. Balancing a budget is a godly effort. Not giving your military equipment to your enemies would have been a godly effort. And here we are. Why would you weaponize? Why would you arm your enemies unless you plan on using them? Unless you're a globalist. And you're all going to be in the same pot anyway, so it doesn't really matter. You have to ask yourself, what exactly do people have on, other than what we see publicly of the Bidens and others, and things we know from laptop possessions and you know acquisitions, all of that, what is it exactly that people have over this family and others, over many of your congressmen and women? What is it that people have? I mean, when you think about extortion and you think about blackmail, and we really, we see, we've been so Hollywooded that we kind of think it's sexy, right? There's something a little gangsta about it, right? Well, there's nothing sexy about it. It's gangster. It is from the belly of hell to extort or blackmail someone. It's demonic. It is diabolical. It's ungodly. Definitely happens by the hour, particularly in politics and in church and for certain in government. In the geopolitical space, (laughs) yes, that is a market unto itself. And it is how people have been manipulated and controlled for eons, literally forever. (laughs) And here we are. But you just got to ask yourself, hmm. you know, for Judas, it was 30 pieces of silver. What is it for the Bidens? What is it for others? What is it for anyone, any one of you listening? Because I know you listen to my shows, and that's fine. Welcome. You're welcome here. But for any of you listening who are a part of this diabolical regime, what was your price? 
do you think you'll be protected? Do you think there's not a cost associated with your um, treason? Your kingdom treason? It's, it's certainly not too late for you to step out of the snare. I've prayed for that regularly for my own leaders here in the state of Georgia. My elected officials. It occurred to me that these guys, when their sins are found out and justice is in fact served, I, there's a part of me, while I want to see justice served on this side of eternity, I understand that that justice is probably not going to be uh, without a great cost to their freedom, to their families, their honor, their legacies, and that grieves me. It does. It just does. I don't know why that is. I'm I'm a legacy kind of girl. I I I I think that you can start out crappy and finish well. You can start out well and finish crappy, you know. But I'm a big believer in in people's legacy and dignity and honor and all those things, it, it, as long as they are uh, truthful. See, what we like to do is what people have always done. We like to commemorate only the great things that we remember about somebody, right? And so it always cracks me up whenever a former president, uh, you know, passes away and we see everyone's responses. All oh, hail, you know, he was such a wonderful guy. While the dude's alive, it's like, you know, all of his sins are plastered all over the place. You use it as leverage in political rhetoric feasts, you know, online and otherwise. And, um, you know, but people are just nailed to the cross while they're still alive. The second they take their last breath, buddy, everybody was a saint. <laughs> well, you know, and I could name names, but I'm not going to because I'm trying to be more of a bridge builder rather than, you know, stating the obvious all the time, which tends to really take people off. So I'll leave that right where it is. Some of you already know who I'm referring to, <laughs> to whom I'm referring. So, yeah, but that's us. That's human nature. I see people do it in families all the time. You know, oh, I can't believe he's gone. <laughs> and they have no more seen that man that, you know, than, than someone on the moon. I have not spent any time with that person, have done nothing but trash talk that person. Their entire lives, right? As soon as they're gone, those people are sitting front and center, front row, right up there with the family. Mm-hmm. Some of them are family members, right? They got out the tissues, all the drama, they're draping themselves over the casket, wailing and just nuts, a giant production. That's us as a nation. We love drama. We love theater. We love political theater. So speaking of theater, a colleague of mine, Stu Peters, if you've not caught his things, his stuff, you should. His shows are very informative. He's extremely passionate. Um, he does his homework, and uh, he is um, someone who is committed to finding the truth for the sake of the American people, I believe. If there's anything different there, I'm not aware of it. But as far as I know, Stu Peters to be, as a colleague in the media space, um, he is very interested in 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 righting wrongs, seeking justice for those who have been manipulated or otherwise abused by a system or systems. He is very interested in bringing you truth. 
And boy, he has been on a roll for the past few days in bringing some really hard truths to the surface. And some of your little golden calves are getting are getting a little rattled. And I've I've warned my audience about that, starting in my own mirror about not idolizing people right now because you're scrambling looking for anyone to save the day. You're looking for anyone who even has a shred of integrity that you feel like you can trust in Congress. And I'm just telling you, it is the wrong thing for our eyes to be on. Now, holding people accountable, getting together in your communities at church, those little 501c3 bastions, yep, you know, holding a potluck for everyone to get together. And because you're involved in politics as it is, well, politics is just, okay, fine. Forget about politics. How about governance? Do the country a favor, get together, and start talking about policies that matter to the kingdom of God that your church, your congregation can and should and are mandated to get behind in the way of governance, in the way of insertion, where your voice is concerned for governance. Get involved. Get together, come together on one accord. How do you want your communities to be governed? How do you want your states, your counties, your cities? How do you want the earth that is the Lord's and the fullness thereof? How do you want that jurisdiction and that occupation as kingdom dwellers? What do you want that to look like? If it does not involve liberty for all, shut your doors. If it involves Open borders. Shut your doors. If it involves convincing people that they have to apologize for their skin color without giving historical reference to the egregious nature of slavery in this country, for sure, you have to talk about those things for sure. Those things should be covered. You should also be covering how your flock is being manipulated by the mainstream media and and geopolitical uh, groups such as BLM and others through the Soros foundations that are multiple across the globe. How are, how is your flock being manipulated? You do know you're going to be held accountable for your flock, right? And what you feed them. Thankfully, Christ is, is faithful to feed his, but you're going to be, a, you're going, all of us as teachers are going to be held to a higher standard. That's written. If that's not in your version of the Bible, you should get a new one. Go back to the KJV. Because it's in there and I believe it. We hold our leaders to a higher standard, don't we? We hold our teachers, professors, principals, law enforcement. God knows we've held the president to a higher standard than any man could ever achieve in the past four years. And then this Yahoo who can't even figure out whether he's wiped his butt or not, or he's had his applesauce feeding. And I committed at the beginning of the year that I was not going to mock him. And I'm not mocking. I'm stating truths of things that he's clearly, clearly in mental decline. I stumbled upon a an article from President Trump's uh, tenure that was like, uh, Congress is calling for uh, a review of President Trump's mental health. <laughs> And I literally laughed out loud when I saw it because I was like, well, damn, (laughs) that's amazing. You know, they accuse him of being a malignant narcissist. (laughs) In the meantime, this guy can't wipe his butt. He doesn't know where he is. He walks off of trails. He's babbling constantly. He's basically drooling. He's belligerent. He's sick. 
I have said it since he was, quote, campaigning, that his wife should be ashamed of herself. So again, it begs the question, who has what over this family? Yes, I realize they're a part of the swamp, and they have been for his entire political career. That's what happens when you're in it for politics. For you politicians out there listening to me, I'm giving you a fair spiritual warning. If you are serving a spirit of politics, it will not serve you well. I'm going to tell you why. Because they will come for you. Because they come for everyone. And you cannot negotiate with the cabal. You can't outsmart them. You can't outplay them. So many of us are so, like, we are a bit bipolar politically right now in the country as it pertains to President Trump. Because many people are like, oh, he's an expert in 40 chess. If I hear that one more time, I'm going to just throw up. You know, he's just an expert chess player. Well, here's what I think the reality is. And this is going to be a jagged little pill for some of you. I think President Trump actually underestimated the depth and the breadth of of the swamp. And I think that he was surrounded by people he was unaware and to a large extent is still surrounded by these folks um, who have ingrained themselves into his space. And what we need to be praying for is that those people do not move forward with him. That God provides supernatural um, deposing of these kings and queens and these crafty ones that the enemy has placed around King Cyrus. Biblically speaking, of course. Those who have ears to hear will hear what I'm saying. And those who don't will accuse me of saying that President Trump is the reincarnation of King Cyrus. She doesn't want to, or he, she thinks President Trump is a king. No, I don't. (laughs) I think he's an archetype. And I don't think that's a bad thing. President Trump, I believe, clearly, I don't have to just believe it. I can look at his track record and see what he did for promises made, promises kept. He was killing it, and I believe that a lot of that was supernatural. I do believe that the favor of God has been on his life, particularly for this position. And I don't care if he was, if he was, uh, if if he was uh, drafted by some, you know, sect of the United States military that's like, hey, we see what's coming, and we're not going to roll over to uh, to to the globalism that we see, you know, barreling down, you know, the, the, the avalanche. We're just, we're not going to be part of that. We're just going to have a cutout right here, little divot called president Trump. And, you know, and and we're just going to, we're going to call him to the task. Okay. Well, fine. Whoever's in office, I know this is hard to believe, but the Bible also says that whoever's in office is exactly who God's allowed to be there. So just because we know that Joe Biden has been falsely placed into this position, predicated upon theft and lies, that's my humble opinion. And you can try to criminalize that all you want. I'm not calling for violence. I'm not calling for insurrection. 
Never have. I've called for people to abide by the Constitution of the United States of America. That is my constitutional right. If that offends you, you are likely part of the problem. Liberty for all, remember. But I believe that all of this was placed in position, and I am not a, a Q follower. I'm not a Q supporter or believer. I think there are things that you can extrapolate um, from that whole movement, whatever that thing is, whoever's running it. I believe that there are things that you can, you know, two plus two is four in some instances in that whole thing, but I'm not, um, I, I'm not a true follower of any of that information. I'm not a part of message boards. People have tried to get me to be a part of boards. And I delete myself. I'll hang out for a minute just to see what the heck's going on, what's being said. I don't know who's friendly and who's foe. And honestly, I'm more concerned about what I see happening in real time in my community, in my state, in other states that I've traveled to across the country. That concerns me more because there's a real triage effort that needs to be taking place right now. And it's pretty bad out there. So, but I will say this, I think that regardless, we have been gifted with God's favor to see just how wicked the whole thing is. And if we don't change our ways and insert ourselves as a governing body in this country, as believers, kingdom dwellers of Jesus Christ in this earth, we are going to be overrun again. And that time it will be with a finality. I've been saying it for months. I believe that President Trump brought us out of Egypt. You know, we we thought we were in the promised land. But I, I feel as though, you know, we've had some manna moments in in the desert on our way to a promised land. Um, and, and with that, you know, some people set up the, some people set up the, uh, the golden calves and all their little idols and people that they think are going to save the day, you know, out in the desert. And some people are just having like all out orgies with the wrong thinking and wrong feeling. And, you know, and they're ready to take to the streets and, who I mean, just the rhetoric is unbelievable uh, because people feel so helpless, but you're not helpless at all. Because if everything begins in the spirit, you have an enormous amount of power with your mouth and you're just a grain of a mustard seed um, of faith. You can move these mountains. I do believe that. And God has called us to that level of faith and to cast these mountains that stand against our country into the sea. And to call upon angel armies to assist in that effort. And I do not believe that God has forsaken this country. I do not believe he's forgotten this country. I do not believe he's punishing this country. I believe that he hears our prayers. And if he was willing to give a reprieve over 10 folks in Sodom and Gomorrah. And I'm going to tell you something. A lot of you think that that whole, you know, the church, the church has run with the homosexuality uh, narrative for so long that that's all we ever focus on. God, it just ticks me off. You know, when we're, when we see what's happening right now with, with, with this virus, this man-made contraption from hell, right? Well, so was AIDS. So was HIV. 
AIDS was actually the repercussion and, and the byproduct of, of HIV. But who created that? The same people who are legitimately trying to convince you that there's nothing here to see. The same people who stood on the stage next to President Trump for months. All they talked about, go back and look at the footage, was the correlation between, well, this is how we handled this with our HIV. Uh, whenever HIV, our HIV findings, HIV, HIV, I started thinking, well, damn, anyone who's had COVID should probably go get tested for HIV. Man-made diabolical mess. Where was I going with that? I don't know. For whatever reason, that just struck me as something to remind you of. That none of this is happenstance. None of it. Some of our resident terrorist group friendly Congress people are not happenstance either. None of this is happenstance. And if President Trump does make his way back into the Oval Office... And we haven't learned anything in the process. Then we err. And I really do believe that the body of Christ is called to save this country. That's where I was going with that. That there were 10, you know, there were 10 folks. God's like, look, find me 10 righteous people, all spirit. Couldn't do it. And the church is so hung up on sexuality that we spent how many decades hating on gay people, being afraid of gay people? How many decades did this country do that because of AIDS? We were convinced it was a plague sent by God. And some of you are excited at the prospect of this being sent by God. God's punishing us. That's your God. And baby, if that's your God, you need a new one. Because the Bible I read says that God is not angry with us. He is aching for our return. And sure, a man's going to reap what he sows. I understand all of that. But my Father's mercies are new every day. And Jesus ministers to people right where they are, absolutely. And he spoke in parables because he knew that in order to get past the guard dog of the mind of our of our lizard brains, that he would have to speak in such a manner that it was applicable. It was something that you could touch and see and taste and feel. He had to plow up the ground in order to plant the seed. And we don't know how to do that. And so as the church, we just don't. We just don't. We forfeit teaching, discipleship, and we just cave to every wind of doctrine. And that's how we ended up here. I'm convinced that's how we ended up here as a nation. We've done it for years. Go back to when our 501c3 statuses were put into place. The year escapes me. Go back to that. That was, that was basically the year that the country, uh, not to mention 1973, with Roe v. Wade. When we decided that we were going to, and listen, I'm not against women and their right to choose, having been rape victims, incest, all of that. Although, listen, I am uh, personally aware of uh, people in my proximity 
who were products of rape and incest, who were told that they should have been aborted. And their parents chose not to and to trust God, and they prayed, and it worked out. And, you know, and the shame and all the generational wickedness that can come through in the thoughts and the feelings of someone who, you know, can you imagine the mess that Satan would try to heap on someone who was conceived out of incest or rape? But some of you think that it, the more compassionate thing to do is to just not bring that soul into the world to give them a choice to submit to God's word, which says that all things are redeemable. Or to live in constant confusion and in hell because that's how you were conceived. And for some people, that's exactly how they live. We don't know how to minister to transgenders or the fluid and I say minister, I'm not talking preaching at, and faith comes by hearing, by hearing the word of God. Sure. But I can't sit on these airwaves and tell you that I haven't seen miracles in people's lives who were ultimately bound by so many different things that would blow your mind, who were manifesting things that would legit blow your mind, that Hollywood has convinced you were just, you know, Hollywood. No. Demonics are very real. The spirit world is very real. Angels are very real, both light and dark. I don't know why that is so crazy, spooky talk. Got Halloween coming up. A lot of folks are getting ready for Halloween in a in a very dark manner. Why is that? And then half of you are scared to death in the church because you believe that it is demonic. But then as soon as you talk about the demonics, that person's crazy. Oh, we all need Jesus, don't we? I'm going to leave you with this parting thought. All is not lost. I do believe that we have a remnant in this country, just like God asked for a remnant for Sodom and Gomorrah, and it wasn't there. So for those of you who are celebrating the prospect of God just wiping us off the face of the planet because you have your own issues that you have not made peace with God about, That's what that is. That's where that comes from. For those of you who have no mercy for others, you have no mercy for yourself. For those of you who are willing to count out everything, you have no spine whenever it comes to your own life. For those of you who blame others for everything, you have no accountability in your own mirror. That's how that works. And for, the, for those of you who believe that we should not have borders and boundaries in this country, you probably should look at your own life for your own boundaries and borders. But you feel used a lot, don't you? Bet you feel like a doormat. Bet you're exhausted. It's tiresome polishing those glass windows. We need to learn how to disciple as the body of Christ. We need to learn how to partner with government. Using words like overthrowing your government poses a threat to any institution, to anything at all. And Jesus already overthrew Satan's kingdom. He sits at the right hand of the Father and we sit in him. So what does that tell you? That you have jurisdiction As a Christ-believing Christian, you have jurisdiction, and it's incumbent upon you to understand what that means. 
and to occupy your respective territories beginning in your own mirror with godly thinking. You don't have to work at overthrowing or taking down a system. Show up with God, with armies of angels, with right thinking. Show up with faith. Show up with solutions. Solution set. Show up with compassion. Show up with some bread and some fermented wine. Show up with the blood and body of Christ. You don't think that's going to move some mountains at your boards of education? You don't have to be filled with rage. You don't have to be afraid. You do have very real enemies around you right now in this country. We all do. And they are waiting to pounce. And there's no guarantee they won't. So whenever I tell you to prepare your families and to get out of the cities, I say that from a very sober place. I'm not a hysterical woman. I'm very sober-minded about these things. Not always, as you can tell by some of my social media rants, where I'm like, what the hell with the rest of you? You know, things do anger me. I am human. I'm not walking on water just yet. People want to criminalize that too. (laughs) It's amazing. But that is extremely demonic. It's Satan's kingdom. It's how he is. He's got to accuse you in everything. We are being wrangled to the ground as a nation. And I'm not so sure that we haven't seen our most embarrassing moments yet. And humiliating Several prophecies have been shared that we would be brought to our knees. But I want to tell you something about that. I've never seen God reveal something for the sake of humiliating other people and for the sake of terrorizing his creation. I've never seen that. Uh, In the harmony of scriptures. Now I have seen that in the Old Testament. Let me let me let me be very clear about that. But I believe that God reveals a thing for something to be redeemed and to be healed. And you have to be willing to face it. And it's really scary and it sucks and it's ugly and it stinks. But God's light and his love is bigger. Now, Satan will reveal to conquer, to hum, to conquer in humiliation, to subdue, to force you into submission, to do his will with violence, with vitriol, with hatred. And not hatred of wickedness, but downright blinding hatred of you end up becoming this thing that no longer believes in any form of redemption. Or or you become so passive that you abdicate all authority because you think that's the Christian thing to do. But it's not. The Christian thing to do is to go ye into all of the nations and share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and to disciple. And listen, if people don't, here's a really important point for those of you who, you know, are, are salivating over the Crusades, because that's how some of you live, is like a giant crusader 
um, you're not a crusader for Christ in this method at all. Jesus said specifically, go in to someone's house and share and, and leave your peace with them. The peace of the gospel. And if they don't receive it, dust your feet. He didn't say pitch a tent. He didn't say come back with 20 more and, you know, he didn't say, he didn't say to bash people on Facebook about it, your little secret prayer group. (laughs) Well, we tried to share the good news with Mary and, you know, she's just, we just need to pray for her because, you know, they've got problems. (laughs) You know how y'all are. Yeah. So, no, we're called to disciple. So maybe that's what you do. What does discipleship look like in your communities of parents who do not want critical race theory to be taught to your children, who do not want mask mandates? As you're resisting, what do you bring into the table? Anger? Rage? It's okay to have passion about something. And to resist tyranny is imperative for this country to maintain her sovereignty. But you can do it with a sense of discipleship and truth and honor. And you will be victorious. I don't know when. I don't know what that will look like. But I do know this. Every time that we behave in that manner, those things are accounted for in heaven. So maybe you don't see your work on this side of eternity. I want you to look around at our brothers and sisters right now in Afghanistan. And they may not be brothers and sisters in Christ because I understand that the underground church was martyred. And it was martyred 12 hours before I started my prayer and fasting. It was very um, grievous for me to read that. And I I cannot imagine the level of torture and things that are going on in that country right now. And I want you to think about how fast that happened. And some of you just write it off as, well, that's just how they are. You know, they've always been at war, blah, blah, blah. Because we sit here in our fantastic, you know, little glass house called America. And we don't think it can happen here. And I'm telling you, it can. If you don't think Australia can happen here, you are completely beguiled. And that is a spiritual term. You are beguiled by a devil who does not want you to rise. Let someone else do it. It's too scary. We'll vote them in, vote them out. You still think you're going to have a genuine genuine (laughs) free and fair election in 2022. Most of you have moved on from hardware, software, people, problems. You laws that no one abide. Y'all are so excited. Oh my gosh. We've passed these wonderful election integrity laws and everyone's going to honor them. Okay. Well, we had plenty of election integrity laws in the state of Georgia. Ended up making a deal with the devil anyway to override, to usurp, to open the door for all kinds of craziness to occur. So don't apologize for speaking truth, for being truth. Don't apologize for your courage. Don't apologize for Jesus. Don't apologize for God. 
quit making God out to be this angry monster who's here to destroy America because we've aborted 50 gabillion children. And no, I'm not advocating for abortion. I'm just saying this is one of these hills that Christians like to die on when they get all excited and sanctimonious about God destroying something. Again, look in your own mirror. Go back and read about God. Go back and read what he says in Isaiah. I will never again be angry with you. My wrath was satisfied on the cross. That's a big one. All right. I love you guys. I do hope you have a good evening. Hope to be back with you tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday, right? Yeah, I don't know. But it's good to be back. I miss chatting with you. Thanks for following me and sharing my podcast with others. Uh, I was really impressed with the numbers of people who listened to my shows while I was on vacation because I didn't do any shows. (laughs) So that was cool. Um, But yeah, thanks for supporting my work. I appreciate you. Be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one.